2: And welcome, everyone, all of you intentional spirits out there continuing to learn and benefit from the tools that we offer each and every week from dynamic speakers and authors and television personalities. We are just truly blessed. And I want to thank all of you that support the show, uh, tell other people about the show, post it on your social media. Because of you, we are in countries all over the world, and we are so blessed. Well, speaking of blessings, we have a real difference maker today. And you know me long enough that you know I wouldn't be saying that just to be giving her that title. Lisa Cherry is by far a difference maker. She has a passion for animals. She has a passion for life. She has a passion for uh, being a a yoga uh, energetic being. She is by far a mover and a shaker. Lisa, welcome to our show today. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thank you. Thanks for the intro. Oh, well, I just, um, I've, I've, the more I learn about you, I go, wow, does she sleep? I'm like, when does the girl <laughs> sleep? Maybe I should talk to you about uh, how you keep your energy all the time. But before we yeah. go into various parts about what you're doing and how you're being, um, could you give the audience uh, just some background? Like, how did you become an intentional spirit? Were you born and you went right away like the rest of us to a mystery school? and? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, how did you become an intentional spirit? How did you get on this path of like wanting to be a difference maker?
3: I think I was born that way. I think just I don't know maybe being a Pisces, even though there's people who aren't pisces who who want to make a difference as well mm-hmm. um, and i I think it's a combination between like karma and what your soul's been over many lifetimes and and those kind of things. I think we come into it like that, and what we've done in our past lives, perhaps you know, affects this life, and hopefully, in my next life, I'll I'll keep wanting, you know, I'll be able to do even more for the world because you always feel like you're not doing enough,
2: or you feel like there's I, I, not enough. absolutely. I, I I hear you, and and so you're you're saying that um, in your experience, you you really feel like that. This is one of many times that we have been here and we've kind of brought in um, some of those elements of um, of what we're to do, kind of like our our names written on it. So our names on it and we're we're ready to go. We kind of do what we need to, to develop and to expand. And not that that's not ongoing, but uh, we grow a little so we can show and and be part of that connection of teaching people how to live better. Well, you have, and for everyone listening, I am on her website, Lisa Cherry, dot C-A. Lisa Cherry dot C-A. You have a broad, um, range of a lot of experience of a long-term radio show. Um, you do documentaries, um, with television and film print work, uh, you uh, draw attention to things. I know that you um, are like me, that you you love animals. And so maybe that could be our our first passion that we talk about with you, because you are really into um, feeling that animals bring us the healings that we need, and they are our sacred friends. And so that alone was just like really exciting for me. And you went to uh, Brazil. Did you go uh, specifically to see John of God, or did you happen to just be in Abijanya?
3: Oh, no, I, I went specifically to see him because I'd been sick for years with chemical sensitivities, and then that just multiplied into many things, so I just thought I was going to die, and I just might as well just go to Brazil because that was my only avenue really left because I tried everything. And... Um, And I'd seen him twice in New York because he goes to Omega. Sometimes he's going again this year. And he goes to the Omega Center. And so I, I thought I'd check him out. But I'd met somebody in British Columbia where I was living on this island who was, he needed like a heart transplant. He's done several heart surgeries and he needed a transplant. And it was so amazing, his story. And that was about six or seven years ago. And I really wanted to go, but I just felt too dizzy. To travel by myself, so I I put it off, and then when I heard he was in New York, I decided to go to New York and see if it was for real and try it out. And then I had this amazing experience. And so after going to New York a couple of times, I decided to go to Abagenia. and It was supposed to be for six weeks, but it turned out to be for almost five months, <laughs> just because things just kept happening, and and I just wanted to get as much healing as possible, and then then there were the dogs. <laughs> so,
2: well, what I was the ex- what there. was the experience where did you see significant changes in your your physical uh conditions?
3: Yeah, it happened slowly. Like I kept he kept sending me to these spiritual surgeries. So, I kept going into these surgeries and you're not supposed to use the computer or any, you know, or thing any electromagnetic things when you're there. And I kept cheating and I was using the computer because I had to go home in six weeks and I had to find a place to go home to because I sublet my place out. And I had to find a, a healthy home to go back to. And so I would cheat and use a computer and I was getting these eye surgeries because I can't see out of my right eye. And and I've had really bad conjunctivitis my whole life. So after I went in January and around my birthday in March, the um. Was when uh, like these eye surgeries weren't working because I uh, was using the computer and then I rubbed my eyes a lot, and so I actually was out with this dog that I rescued one day, and and I and we came back and the house was broken into and my laptop was gone, um so I couldn't use the laptop anymore. And um, and I had a wild dream that night with all these guides coming into my dream, telling me, you know, and they were very happy that the laptop was gone, and and now I could be healed. And after that, my I had more surgeries, and my eyes started healing. Um, but he he'd also done some he'd also done some other healings along the way. That when you start to feel normal, you don't realize anything's really changed because you just feel like normal. So. I realized later these pains were gone, and the tingling in my legs was gone, and all these other strange symptoms were gone, and I had more energy. And I didn't, you kind of don't notice it as it goes along, unless it's something really big like your eyes. But yeah, so things were happening, and and it was it was amazing.
2: It is fascinating. Hi. The stories, you know, that you hear over and over again. And I, I went too. And it was just like the things that have been happening since then are like, okay, then wow, you know, wow. <laughs> so, um, it's been just, uh, really beautiful. But how did you get involved with the, uh, dogs in Abijania? Was there, or, and they have cats too, but was there something specific that uh, got you into being attentive to them or what happened? Well, yeah, I've always, I've always loved
3: dogs and I didn't expect there to be all these street dogs there because nobody had told me about it. And I was just, I was just so upset by seeing all these dogs run around without food and they're really skinny. And then they'd show up at, at the casa. and, And, and people were mistreating them a lot and throwing rocks at them and, and bricks and even a couple workers at the castle were, were abusing them and I was just so upset and there was another woman there who had, who was raising money for the vet uh, Torini, and she was doing these fundraisers and she's taking two dogs herself to Switzerland and I always wanted to save a dog from another country but I thought, I'm not going to be taking one of these back. there's no way I don't even have a place to live for myself and so I just put that out of my mind and there was another woman I met that kept feeding this beautiful dog there and they were just they were just so nice and they didn't have like they didn't have any outward diseases but they were like some of them were really skinny and and then a couple times we saw at night they'd start kind of getting like you know like teenage boys and getting all randy and then they they'd start attacking the weaker ones and so this one real sweetheart, They'd, they were drawing blood from him. And ironically, this, these two dogs this woman was taking back to Switzerland were the big troublemakers. Um, so we, we got that one to Turini. And then I saved a couple others that would hobble into the castle. Because I, I, I met this vet because of the first one that was bleeding. And so I met the vet, and then we started looking out for other dogs that were you know hurt or, or we found puppies that were just lying in the middle of the road and stuff and so this one dog one night um they were circling another dog and her dogs were about to attack this other one and he was just this cute pile just lying against this wall and he was like half asleep just looking out and he was so innocent and couldn't protect himself because he was so sick and they were just circling him and they were about to totally attack him and I don't know, I, I believe in karma, so I believe that was I was there at the time when I was meant to save this dog. For some reason, maybe he saved me in another lifetime. So I just decided to take him back to this house because I was renting a house at that point. So I wasn't staying in a, like a hotel where I couldn't take him back. So I took him back. I tried a couple other dogs before, but the other dogs had too much energy and they'd go in after the house cat. So I brought this guy back, and he had no energy. And I just knew he wouldn't go after the cat. So he went to sleep in the garden behind the house. It's all fenced in. And then a cat jumped off the wall. She just came out of nowhere. And when I came outside, she curled up to his neck and was like sleeping at his neck. And it was the strangest thing. I thought she's going to be in trouble in the morning. And um, But I didn't want to separate them. So I woke up the next morning and they're just sleeping together and and he was really sick because Trini checked him for all these parasites, and he was really sick. So we put him on drugs and everything to get them better. And then I kept trying to find a home for him, and I couldn't. People said they would take him, and then they would renege at the last moment. And I couldn't get him better and then leave him on the street again. So I decided to take him back to Toronto with the cat and find homes for them. But then you become so bonded, you just can't. Separate from them, and so I couldn't find I couldn't find the right home for him that I thought was right because he had a couple issues and he needed to be trained, and I just didn't want somebody to throw him into the humane society. So I ended up keeping him, and the cat was pregnant, and I didn't know and and she's the most amazing cat, and so they lived together here, and in a million years I would have never imagined this would have happened. So I think it's I think in, in a way it was all meant to be.
2: Oh yeah! Even though I
3: have to find, I got to move in a few months, and I have to find a home for all of us. So I need a miracle, show so that we all find a home.
2: Oh yeah! Well, that's already done. Your home's already picked out. So you'll just well, you'll I- be finding it because it it's looking for you. So that's a that's a that be- was perfect
3: home. Well, the that's one a- I'm in right now is perfect, but we have to leave. So I think the next one is just gonna show up because it's amazing. I found this one. So. <laughs>
2: Well, I just want to thank you for all the, you know, energy and the effort and petitions and everything that you've done for uh Terenium Fatima they are the, the vet, veterinarians there in Abijanya. And, um, yeah, I'm just really, really excited to see them again in August. The, the things they do for these animals are just amazing. And they run a, um, a no kill organization and they are so dedicated. So I'm looking forward to being there in August and giving them a great big, uh, gift, um, yeah, of funding. So.
3: I'll join you. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Well, we would we would welcome that. We would welcome that happening. Well, um, yeah. In your in your essence of that, I mean, do you do other things related to animal rights or um, anything specific around that? No, I've just been trying to fundraise for them. Like I did the petition
3: when the mayor of Abilene was going to euthanize all their dogs. I created the petition and got someone to translate it into Portuguese and then sent it to all the newspapers there. And um, I don't know, I hope that helped. I just had to do something because it was unbelievable what he was going to do. And then a new mayor was was elected, which was, which was good because the other one got thrown out that wanted to do this. And then I set up a Facebook page called Street Dogs and Cats International. And I post what Trini's doing on there and I try to fundraise For him on that page as well so that's mainly what i'm doing and if when i go back there i'm going to bring i'm going to bring some postcards to put around in portuguese and i'm writing a children's book about the dog and the cat that that i rescued there and i'm going to have that translated into portuguese and try to get into the schools there so that they can start to look at animals differently
2: oh that's great um that's yeah, and I
3: just great. thought I have to do something. You got to start with the kids because you have to, you know, we have to teach them that these are, not you know, that animals are not just meant to be, you know, left on the street or guard dogs or beaten up like there's there's much more to a dog and a cat. And and so I think they need I think they need teaching that. I was sticking posters up in the in the bathrooms and everything just to get people to adopt the animals. Um, I don't know if you've seen, there's something on the internet, and they made this video, it's on YouTube, and I've seen it on Facebook, and somebody in Chile or Venezuela, this group of animal lovers started putting balloons on dogs' collars, like helium balloons, and they let them walk around the city, and then they videotape it, and it says things like, hug me, feed me, Things like that. And then they videotape and surreptitiously videotape as people, as they walk by people. And people started hugging these street dogs and feeding them in this most beautiful video. So if there was helium in Abijani, I'd be doing this for the dogs.
2: Well, just, just plan to be there with me in August, and we'll we'll put some we'll put some balloons on them. Everyone, I'm talking today <laughs> with Lisa Cherry, and she has a long term history in media, film, television, uh, doing documentaries. She has uh, created um, beautiful uh, a beautiful book stories. From the yogic heart and she's compiled that by many authors. Uh you'll love that experience as well. You can go to her website stories from the dot com. You're listening to the show The Intentional Spirit. I'm Temple Hayes and we'll be right back after this short message.
4: <music>
1: Unity Institute and Seminary invites you to take a spiritual tour of Eastern Europe. Spend 10 days and 9 nights in the heart of Europe, September 17th through the 26th, 2014. Visit the magnificent capitals of Eastern Europe, including Budapest, Vienna, and Prague. Stay in first-class hotels, enjoy guided walking tours, dine on local specialties, and even take a boat cruise on an underground lake. A portion of your trip will benefit Unity Institute and Seminary. Explore the culture, sights, and spirit of Eastern Europe with Unity Friends. Book your trip today. Call 800-828-4813. That's 800-828-4813. Or visit unityinstitute.org slash travel. Oprah Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They share Unity's classic teachings. Join Rev. Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic teachings. Follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine these foundational teachings through the works of Unity authors past and present. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic teachings, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Rev. Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at spirit at org. Now, here is your host, Rev. Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. And thank you for being
2: part of our show today. I'm talking to Lisa Cherry, who does a wide range of calling attention to situations and circumstances in our world. She's a difference maker. She recently has created the book Stories from the Yogic Heart, Stories from the Yogic Heart, in which she has compiled, um, writing from 27 authors, including herself. And Lisa, um, we can go to the website Stories from the Yogic Heart and um and get a copy of the book. Tell us about it. How did it how did you birth it? How did it come together? You know, all that.
3: Okay. Um it was I started it a few years ago and I started it because yoga had made such a change like it had changed my life so much. And I just thought and I was I was living in B C then. And because of my illness, I wasn't able to to work full time. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to do this book because yoga has changed my life so much. And I wanted to inspire other people. And I always liked the Chicken Soup for the Soul books and wanted to do one of those. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to do my own Chicken Soup for the Soul style book. And this will inspire other people. And I just decided to put the word out to get stories from various people on how yoga had changed their lives. And at first, I thought I wasn't even trying to do a book. At first, I thought I'm gonna start collecting stories for to write about people or, or to use them somehow, and they'll inspire me to as I as I heal. And I wanted to read other people's stories. And as they came in, they I thought of doing the book. Um. And they started coming in from all over the world and various stories. And I decided to make half the book uh, donations so that half the funds come in, go to charities of the writer's choice as well. So there's like 27 charities and 27 different authors. And there's a few that I got that were well-known, such as Meryl Hemingway and Russell Simmons and Sonny Rollins. And I just want to show people also that even if somebody's well-known or a celebrity, their lives might not have started, you know, they didn't start out so great, but yoga can transform anybody's life. And then it came out a couple years ago, and it's going to be in, right now the ebook's on on various places, and the paperback's going to be on Amazon soon, Um but it was amazing doing it. I I just learned so much from people, and they just kept inspiring me as I went along, and I looked for stories that would inspire other people.
2: And so um, what was kind of two or three, like, what you wanted once the book was out? What were you wanting to achieve from... In promoting the book because I, I love the concept of the chicken soup from the souls. Is it to continue collecting stories and to have other books, or or what do you have in mind?
3: Yeah, I'd like to do I'd like to do other books like you know volume two and then volume three. I even thought of of perhaps doing a magazine with it, but there's 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 so many magazines out there, and it took a while for these stories to come in also because yoga does such profound things, you know whether someone's abused as a child or they have cancer, or whatever that a lot of people don't like telling their personal stories and having their their names on it mm-hmm. and so it It took a while for the stories to come in, and so I think the best thing would be another book with volume. Volume 2 and Volume 3, and it might take a while. But I just love reading. I just love reading the stories, and the people I met were amazing. Like, it was just amazing getting to know these people also. It was, it was very surreal because every, everything was over the Internet, and we'd talk on the phone sometimes. But um, I just got to meet 26 amazing people. And um, and and even though they knew this book would take a while, and and I self-published it, um, and people were just, you know, so patient, and it was, it, was, it kind of like oozed their their yogic spirit that just came through. Like, it was just so amazing that everybody was just so patient. And so that in itself spoke for their yoga practice as well.
2: Well, I love that you have um, also, you have someone I admire very much, Mariel H- Hemingway.
3: Yeah, and her story was, her story is amazing. Some of these people, what I did is I took their stories from their own book, like a couple people like Meryl Hemingway and Russell Simmons and, and Sting. He was in Sharon Gannon's book. And they gave me permission to edit their story because it was, Sometimes it was an entire book, and the yoga parts were throughout the book. So I edited it into a story, and then they proved the story. And, and that that came into this book. And other people would write their own stories, and then I would edit it. And, and then people like Sonny Rollins, the famous jazz musician, I interviewed him, and then I... I did that, so I was lucky enough to interview him. I wanted to interview Sting, but that didn't happen. So, but luckily, he let me edit the story um, that he'd written. Well, and perhaps that'll then, be your next one. Yeah, the next one. I'd like to do more interviews and also have people write their own stories because it's, it's just—I just love reading these kind of things. Um. Yeah, so I'm going to go after more people for the next one, and I invite people to email me their stories. And there, some of them are, you know, shorter. Some are longer. One of them, the last one in the book, was by the singer Neil Arbeck. He used to be a hardcore. He was like a punk rock singer. It was he's in the largest band punk band in Canada? They're becoming huge, and then, and then all his friends were dying off from drugs, and he was almost. He was almost gonna go from drugs as well and then he had this wild he was and he got into he actually had this wild dream and he got into yoga because a friend showed him um Ram Das's book, Be Her Now mm-hmm. and everything serendipitously started just changing. I guess it was his time and the teacher appeared and that was Ram Das and and Baba Haridas who's his picture was in Ram Dass's book, and he ended up going to learn from Bubba Harry Dass, who's now in California, but he was in... He'd visit Toronto once a year. And how his life changed is just so unbelievable. And so it's just so remarkable because you, you see how your life's changed from it, and, and you know that it works, and it's not really surprising that, to hear that other people's can, but some of the stories... You just think people, they're mind-blowing that they still can heal from it. Even this this woman in there, she has a book called Luna Yoga, and she created, and she healed herself of ovarian cancer, and she tried everything. And this yoga she learned in Israel just turned her life around, and it's just mind-blowing. <laughs> and you can't find her book in English anymore, which is out is of print. So she's trying to get a new publisher, but luckily... It's in my book so that people can read her story even if they, you know, and get the gist of of how she does her yoga and and how she healed herself. Um, Hey, you might have a story for the next one too.
2: (laughs) <laughs> that's right. That's absolutely correct. Well, that's right. <laughs> it's so beautiful because we have ongoing yoga classes here. Um, we also do a lot at Unity Institute um, in the New Awakening um, Holistic Center. But there are just so many um, stories about you know people that were are totally healed or they no, no longer, they they move from how to medicate to how to meditate and how to have the movement of yoga. And that's what's so exciting. And what I would like to see more of is having it in school systems. You know, yeah. so children are actually trained and um, are, it becomes a part of their lifestyle when they're very young.
3: Yeah, no, that would be great. I actually wanted to... Start are two There's a province of Canada, Nova Scotia, that, believe it or not, um, somebody got it in there, so it's now mandatory that is taught in schools in the whole
2: province. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's beautiful.
3: I know, and I yeah, I should find out how they did that. Maybe we can start getting into other schools. And actually, another person, um, you know, David Lynch, the filmmaker. He has a David, I was just reading about this online, the David Lynch Foundation, and he's getting meditation into inner city schools. And there's videos on his website and how it's just changed the students and improved their, their schooling and their grades and their attention. And it's just mind blowing. And when you see things like that, it really inspires you to want to do more and, and get it in the school's. So, That's
2: really powerful. Uh, that is, yeah. But,
3: I think I uh, we just have to get Michelle Obama on our side for the states, uh-huh. and then then you're off and running.
2: <laughs> well, we just have a big request list today. That's all there is to it. We just need to aim high. So exactly. let's let's put some energy into that into that direction. Um. <laughs> That's for sure. I was reading one of the excerpts um, from Roseanne Harrison. For many years as I was growing up, I was under the impression that I knew a lot about everything. Didn't we all? By the time I was 18 years old, I was a reco- recovering drug addict and college dropout. It was December 1993, and I sat alone in a rehab center wearing a long sleeve sweatshirt, sweatpants, because my body was so itchy from the drug releasing from my system. And she went on to be such a significant um, change person from uh, doing yoga.
3: Yeah, hers was one of the first stories I got, and every time I read it, I kept crying. It was just mind blowing. Mhm.
2: Mhm.
3: Yeah. Her, yeah. It's it's like amazing, and um, when when I when I got these, it was like spine tingling, and I just knew this would make a great book. Cause I did. I just have the feel for stories after reading so many of these Chicken Soup ones, and I just I just knew it would work.
2: Hmm. Well, I thank you for uh I thank you for doing it. I'm I'm seeing another one here on the website: "Stories from the Yogic Heart" from Russell Simmons. I really, it's really cool. Yoga empowered me. I married because of yoga. I learned how to drive because of yoga. I became more philo- philanthropic because of yoga. I became more focused because of yoga on so many different levels. My life has more value now because of yoga. I can honestly say it is the thing that has had the greatest influence on me. That's a really powerful um contribution.
3: I know. Isn't that isn't that incredible? hmm And and he goes people will come up to him and they'll say, Oh, yoga didn't you know, guys, if you want to get into music, they'll say yoga couldn't have done this and this and this and he'll be like, Well, yeah, it did <laughs>
4: <laughs> I
2: was he, really he, real
3: yeah and these guys just don't believe him but if they read his whole story then they would understand I mean I couldn't believe that David Lynch was was into meditation because he's just you know he did Twin Peaks and and TV shows like that he's got some horror movies out there and, and I just couldn't imagine that this guy had meditated and that just blew my mind
2: but it, it goes to show you. us we never know, do we? You I never think know. that's what <laughs> you were getting made to say. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> yeah, there's, not, there's a woman in there, Taz Tagore, who started the Reciprocity Foundation. And, um, and she was like an MBA from Harvard and making six figures and thought that was the most important thing. And then she went on one of these 10 day meditation retreats and got into yoga, and it just changed her perception so much that she went into non-profit stuff helping kids in inner city you know off, off the streets in New York and I think she was just featured in Oprah's magazine and and it just helped yoga just helps you see with a totally different perspective you see the world differently and then you you just know what you want to do in your life and you know what you're you're meant to do otherwise you could Spend your entire life (laughs) wondering.
2: Yes. And it's also... it's so valuable for people that are committed to the awareness of the difference between aging and and being old. And um, I hear a lot of people, of course, I live in Florida where old is over a hundred or age wow. is over a hundred. People say, oh, that person is aging. And I go, well, uh, you know, what age are they? Oh, they're over a hundred. Okay. <laughs> so um, I, there are a number of people that, get involved with yoga here when they're in their 70s and in their 80s and they just see such a difference in their lives and it's really really cool
3: yeah i wrote this i met this woman she was she's from near near toronto a couple years ago she was 96 and and i wrote this article for her she was about her she was teaching this workshop and i wrote it for the toronto star and then yoga international and then and then the editor at the Star contacted the Guinness Book of World Records and said, you know, we might have the oldest living yoga teacher here for you. And it ended up, because we, we kept bugging the, the Guinness Book of World Records, that they looked at her and they said, yeah, you're right, and nobody else challenged it. So she, she got in the Guinness Book a couple of years ago as the oldest living yoga teacher. She was 96, and she started when she was 50. Oh, my. And she's just... I do I hope she's still alive, but she was just she's just mind blowing and so is this other woman tell porch Porchana Lynch that just got no Oprah's magazine this month she's ninety five They're just you know their minds are all there, and i just i put photos of them up on my wall just to a, just to manifest myself <laughs> at that age that I'm that healthy and I just look at them and and they're my role model. <laughs>
2: That's the right. way I feel, too. I'm, I'm right there with you on that one. I do the same thing. Um, as I age, I just keep surrounding myself with people in my boat that are dynamic and energetic because I don't believe in getting old. I'm talking today with uh, Lisa Cherry. Uh, her website is lisacherry.ca. Um, also, her other website is... Is the stories from the yogicheart dot com, which is a culmination of twenty seven authors, which includes herself, of people that are well known throughout the world. And um, take the time to go to her website to find out more about her. For those of you that like uh, and are new to our show and would like to know more about us, uh, you can go to unitycampus.org. We have ongoing classes. We have live stream. We have videos of former talks where the purpose is towards uh, upliftment in spirituality, uh, not religiosity, tools rather than rules that support. Support Practical Application for living a thriving and energetic and dynamic life. I want to thank you for your ongoing support to Unity Online Radio. Because of you, we are able to feature these shows throughout the world. We'll be right back.
4: Guidance and direction are bubbling up from your soul all the time, even at night. But do you hear your soul when it calls? Do you recognize it? Do you trust it? Can you trust it? How can you be certain you are hearing the voice of your precious soul? Janet Connor teaches five wisdom habits that help you hear your soul, recognize and trust its guidance, and begin to take action to create a truly beautiful life. Learn the wisdom habit of divine dialogue in Writing Down Your Soul, how to live a life of integrity in Soul Vows, and discover your soul's unique purpose in Check the Box. If you long to create a soul-directed life, visit JanetConner.com and explore all five courses in her signature series, Your Soul Wants Five Things.
0: Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. We're talking
2: to Lisa Cherry about the various projects that she is currently working on as part of being a difference maker is somebody that actually puts a forward movement into something that they feel very passionately about. Um, Sherry has recently created uh, the book Stories from the Yogic Heart, and that is exactly the website, Stories from the Yogic Heart. .com you can go visit her or you can go to her website find out about her radio show and all the other things that she's into lisacherry.ca um lisa you do documentaries all the time is that is that just something that you're like wow I got to get this information do you find it does it find you is it both um one and the same how does that how does that work um yeah,
3: usually when I do the documentaries, I haven't done like a lot of those. People find me, and then I I help them do research on it. And then for radio documentaries, I produce my own radio documentaries. I was trying to do that when I was in Abegenia because I do them for CBC, which is Canada's like Canada's NPR in a way, <laughs> our national radio station. So I love doing I love doing radio ones especially. And this, I'm I'm working on one now where I'm co-producing. I'm raising the money, which I have to raise in the next few weeks for one on the Holocaust, and it's by a woman I met at Hot Docs last year. She's from Poland. Um, and I met her, and she had a documentary at Hot Docs, which is North America's largest documentary film festival, and it's in Toronto. And she had a documentary about a totally different subject, a, a yogi artist in Costa Rica. And she it was so well done. And I got her email because I wanted to contact the artist, actually. <laughs> and then I got her email and I emailed her later and asked her what she was working on. And she said she's working on this documentary about the Holocaust in eastern Poland and and finding there's there's a guy going around finding the mass graves of people who were executed um, at the beginning of World War II in eastern Poland, and then nobody knew where they were after that except for the witnesses. And there's not too many Jews left in Poland anymore, and she was having hard prob- a hard time finding funding for this. So I told her that I could be the executive producer in Canada and find her the funding because there's a lot more here. Um like in terms of yep. funding for documentaries and the large Jewish community. And so I'm working on that right now. And that, that just was lucky I found her in terms of I could help her. And it was something I I really cared about. I also have a charity called Artists Against Racism that I've had for 20 years. And we educate kids against to teach them about racism and to prevent it. And we do radio ads and TV ads and a lot of public education campaigns. And so I just felt like I had enough connections that I could help her out with this. And so that's that's the one I'm working on now and hopefully we can raise enough money before July so she can finish her road trip and and find all these witnesses and do the memorials before before it snows again. <laughs> um so yeah, I think I think things just serendipitously they just you know, I find them where they fall into my lap as it's meant to be, and it was just very odd how this happened, but it's it's great what she's doing. So I'm just honored to be a part of it.
2: I love how you're, you know, always in the flow about bringing into uh, everyone's awareness um, ways that we can become uh, better educated and more knowledgeable And I always love that you turn right around and do a great tie in with kids because that's, um, we need both and, you know, because I'm not, I'm not really an advocate that the children are our future. They're actually our right now, (laughs) you know. And, and so that's, um, they're, they're very, um, dynamic and energetic and they are so brilliant that they can bring changes in consciousness because they're not, they're not uh, hung up or preoccupied with mortgages and all the other things in life, so they have this great, fresh spirit. They always say, "If you want someone to uh, draw to your prayer circle, uh, bring a child." So wow,
3: yeah, they have amazing energy. Next to next to animals, kids are my favorite thing, and I drive my well some of my friends crazy who aren't as wild about kids because every time I pass one, I have to like blow them a kiss or something and it just drives people nuts. Or I stop and watch them or, or something. I just, I just love them. When I was in Abidjan, there were some kids down the street and they're really impoverished there. And, and a, a couple of the boys and their friends would yeah. always run up to you and, and bug you for money and stuff and, in their language. And so these, these little girls, they were so cute. So I decided to start teaching them yoga. So I, I just went down the street and then for the heck of it I told the boys they could come to the class also. And I was surprised they even wanted to come. And so I started teaching them yoga and, and the boy after that the boys went up bug me, they just loved me and, and the kids just love that someone was paying attention to them and I just wanted to get their lives off to a, a good start so that whenever you know, whatever they might be going through, they know that yoga makes them feel better and they and maybe they'll turn to it. Mm-hmm. And I just thought if I could just get yoga into that community, I should actually write a kid's book on yoga and, and write it, get it translated into Portuguese. So when I bring it back, they can have a yoga book. Yeah. And when I, when I left there, I made her, I had some yoga magazines, So I made a poster of all these yoga poses and, and stuff. And I put it on this poster and I taped them all on and I gave it to this 10 year old girl when I left for her room and she was so happy. But you know they don't learn about things like that in this town, and so I thought, okay, I'm just gonna—I love kids, and I'm just gonna teach them about yoga. So after a while, my last few weeks were spent in Abidjania with kids and dogs. <laughs> it was quite—it was quite funny. <laughs>
2: But- I know it's going to be interesting going this time. I'm kind of wondering what that's going to be like myself because last time I was there, even though I did uh, do some great self care for myself and had some wonderful experiences, I was so preoccupied with all the things around the animals and helping and supporting them and, and making promises to some of them and, and eight <laughs> of them now live here in the states and actually there are Uh, let's see, 11 of them, because two dogs stayed outside a little bit and kind of learned that pleasure of, uh, I guess you can co-create all over the world. (laughs) 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 So they they came here and co-created in someone's backyard, so Uh, we also... uh, I uh, wound up with some with some puppies, so just a lot of good stuff about that, but it actually started a uh, a movement called the sophie project and so um we have people supporting that all over the all over the world so one thing always leads to the other, and that 's part of what we 're teaching and sharing today is taking those steps forward. Uh, towards things that, that you feel passionately about. And that's one of the interests of bringing, uh, among many, bringing Lisa on the show today is because often people have like a passion button or they have a hot button about something, but you know, they'll see something on TV and they'll go, wow, I'm just not really happy about this or that and that. And, and the teaching is always to move from that to actually doing and being something about it not just have a conversation about it but and complain about it but to be part of what can you do there's always three or four things that you can do that are part of the change instead of feeding just the issue you know so uh, my hat goes off to you on the various things that that you're doing and in the schools that you are planning on getting into to introduce these uh, unity ideas and ways of life to, to the kids.
3: Yeah, and I think, I mean, some people, you know, there's always people who, who will think they can't do things or, you know, they can't change the, or they can't do smaller things, but I've just always, I've always just believed I can do anything, and I think it comes from... You know, I think it it just comes. Sometimes it comes from a spiritual practice, and and when you start meditating or you do things that change your energy and put you in in the flow, then things start to come your. Things starts to come your way, but you also start to you're in the flow. So you just, I think things take you into your destiny, and they take you where you want to go, and and they change your perspective. And so I think it's easier to believe believe that you can do anything when you change your energy- energy that way, um it just helps you with your energy and gaining your confidence and also putting you in the way like your your guides you're kind of you're on the on the radio station of life and things start to come to you that you'd love to do and where you you you're just impelled to do them and you just can't not do them
2: right. I, I I agree with you, but and I also think that one of the key issues is that a lot of people want everything to be figured out, and they so they always delay the what they're going to do by the they wind up doing nothing, and so it's like if you if you're just showing and and putting into cause and effect, you put your step you put your steps forward. Um, I never knew when I picked up that first dog in Brazil and I just was so compassionate about it and then I didn't know how we were going to get him back and I didn't know this and I didn't know that but if I lived in my I didn't know um, yeah. nothing would have ever occurred so I think that's the key and I think that's uh, what Lisa is modeling as well is what you feel passionate about when it's yours to do and it has your name on it just move forward with it and don't get all stuck in the house and trying to figure everything out but just simply, you know, take a few steps forward and and let the universe uh, guide and, and direct you. We've been having a, a wonderful conversation today with Lisa Cherry, and she is an advocate for a lot of different things. You can go to her website and learn more about her. She's a spiritual activist, as as we would say and uh out there making a difference in the world. Her website is lisacherry.ca, and also her up-and-coming book. Everybody wants a copy of that, so you can read about all these well-known people who talk about how yoga has benefited their lives. Stories from the yogicheart.com. I'm Temple Hayes, and I want to thank all of you. Uh, for all that you do to make the Intentional Spirit such a pleasure to be part of. God bless you, everyone, and continue to have an amazing journey on this great process that we call life.
1: Thank you for tuning into The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Rev. Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org.
0: Just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Rev. Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from Grief to Grace. And explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
4: I light a candle in your name. Things may happen around you. Things may happen to you, but the only things that really count are the things that happen in you.
5: This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity.
0: Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
5: Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes?